The name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice train. <laughs> it is the Oz Network, or 007. Don't change that dial if you think you're listening to the wrong show, because apparently we're lazy to record two separate introductions to our cross-platform episode today. So if you're listening to us on the Oz Network, welcome to the Oz Network. If you're listening to us on 007, welcome to 007, because basically they're the same show except we talk about slightly different things. We are here today for a very exciting interview, one of the biggest interviews we have ever done on either show, an interview with the legendary, the esteemed Golden Globe and Emmy-nominated actress Fran Drescher. I don't even need to tell you what she's done because you automatically know her from The Nanny. And those who, of course, listen to both our shows would know that we've covered Beautician and the Beast recently. Obviously, we did a full film recap of it on Double Oz 7 and on the Oz Network. We interviewed Ken Cobbus, which, of course, we did also on Double Oz 7. So why not interview the star of the Beautician and the Beast, bring her to a James Bond podcast, become the first ever James Bond podcast to ever interview Fran Drescher. We're here to create history. <laughs> but it's a very exciting episode today. My name is Ben. And, oh, Mr. Hilding. <laughs> and my name is Hilding Colin Hilding. Yes. Which I didn't do it as well as Fran does. Oh. You'll have to listen. This is, uh, we've got the best thing to close out this interview with because it's actually funny. This is um, a bit of a, I don't want to say it's a joke because that makes it sound like we're making fun of it. We brought up Fran Drescher many years ago on an episode we did. I believe it was our World Is Not Enough commentary. World Is Not Enough, yeah. And essentially it all came about because we were talking about Denise Richards playing Christmas Jones. And I think my argument came from the fact that the character isn't bad, it's just maybe the actress. And I think then your argument came from, well, who would you get as a late 90s actor? I think we came up with Lisa Kudrow and Fran Drescher. And the the rest of the episode turned into a myriad of uh, Fran Drescher impersonations being Dr. Christmas Jones. But but somehow I think we said it would still work, like it it still would be okay. (laughs) That then led us into later on obviously doing Beautician and the Beast as part of our recap series where we go over films by each of the main six Bond actors. Timothy Dalton, of course, was the main star opposite Fran Drescher and Beautician and the Beast. And going into that episode, Colin was dreading it, wasn't looking forward to it, and yet he loved the film. I remembered I loved the film, even though I did remember loving it, but it had been a while since I'd seen it. And somehow now on 007, this is our third episode, because, of course, we <laughs> interviewed, as I just mentioned, Ken Kwop as the director. We reached out to, to Fran's people, and uh, very thankfully they were very much happy to oblige. And uh, here we are today, maybe the only interview that Fran Drescher has done that really doesn't talk much about the nanny. It's mentioned, but uh, we don't bring up any questions. And then, of course, and I won't spoil it for our Oz Network listeners, there's also another movie that we've covered on the Oz Network featuring Fran Drescher that we also are happy to talk to her briefly about. So this is a fun interview, Colin. 
Yeah, no, it's great. And, uh, you know, she's she's plugging her her charity event that's coming up, which also sounds fantastic. I think that there's a uh, I'm going to include myself in this. A lot of people starve for entertainment right now. There's not much on TV. There's not no movies coming out at all. You can't go to concerts. And every time there is one of these big events, and especially done virtually, it, it, it's something that you actually really want to tune into. So um, I'm looking forward to that. And really, The Beautician, The Beast, this is the movie that just keeps on giving. Like, if you had told me, <laughs> forget about if you did, you did tell me a couple of years ago, we're doing The Beautician, The Beast. And I'm like, oh, if we have to. If you had told me at that point, we are going to be doing three episodes of the Beautician of Beast interview the star and the director. I would have said you're nuts, but uh, I'm happy to do this because it, it, it was a surprisingly great movie. I guarantee you at the beginning of all our coverage of these, each individual Bond films, if, you, if we had said, okay, there will be one of the films that you will be lucky enough to talk to the director and the main star. You'd be going like, <laughs> oh, November Man, we get to talk to Pierce. Or, yeah. you know, something. We get to talk to Harrison Ford about Cowboys and Aliens. Or Sean Connery <laughs> about Zardoz. Like, you, you know, you would be that excited for it. But uh, here we are. Again, groundbreaking episode today on 007, if that's where you're listening to us. The first James Bond podcast to ever interview Fran Dresser. And if, of course, you're listening to us on the Oz Network as well, uh, obviously a big, exciting deal here. So we're going to hear from Fran now, and we're also going to learn a lot more about her Cancer Schmancer Foundation, and you're going to hear about a great event that is happening this weekend at the time of releasing this episode. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and listen to our interview with the one, the only, Miss Fran Drescher. Our next guest was working in a bridal shop in Flushing, Queens, when her boyfriend kicked her out in one of those crushing scenes. What was she to do? Where was she to go? She was out on her fanny. So over the internet from the States to to podcast door, she was there to promote an event and talk some more. She has style, she has flair, and she is here. Please welcome Fran Dresser. Fran, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. How is everyone? We, we are fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, absolutely fantastic. It is an honour to be able to sit here to, to talk to you today, kind of cross-platforming this interview across two of our shows. And uh, to, to talk a little bit about one project that you did at one point in your life, which we're very excited for, but also for a very exciting event that you've got going on uh, as part of Cancer Smancer, which you've been involved in for quite some time, Fran Jam 2021, which is... This weekend, uh, so exciting. First of all, tell us a little bit about this event, uh, Fran, because this, this is very exciting with some very big names that you've got attached to this at the moment. Well, we do annually a really fun music concert festival. Uh, before the pandemic, very often we would be on a what we called a cabaret dinner cruise, uh, which was in New York Harbor uh, for an, for the evening, just, and it was a lot of fun. But subsequent to the pandemic, we got creative and we started doing virtual concerts. And the, you know, the the upside of that is that we were able to get some excellent entertainment who were willing to support Cancer Schmancer because they didn't have to go anywhere. They didn't have to leave their homes and they were happy to oblige. So we have an unbelievable lineup this year and uh, it's free to everyone because we're a nonprofit, but this is the way that we raise money to help us bring everybody that goes to cancerschmancer.org, all of the vital information that helps each of us learn how to 
live our lives more cleanly, more preventatively, to recognize the early warning whispers of the diseases and ultimate cancers that could affect you, and to really take control of your body and transform from being a patient into a medical consumer so you can become better partners with your physician and to learn things so that you can make an informed decision when and if, God forbid, you're uh, at a crossroads where you have to make some serious choices. And we have great people that talk throughout the year in interviews that with me, um, just illuminating uh, inf- you know, things about the body system and things that you may not hear at your regular physician, you may not hear in the national broadcast because you know we're not we're a nonprofit, so we don't care if we say don't drink cola, you know. But maybe a news show might. So um, you know, it's, I think that it's worth uh, signing up for cancerschmancer.org anyway and uh, seeing what information uh, piques your interest. We have a very progressive program called Detox Your Home, and at home is the most toxic place we spend the most time in. So this helps that. So on Sunday, getting back to your question, um, it's going to be streaming at, on cancerschmanza.org, on the Nanny YouTube channel, on Fran Drescher uh, Facebook Live page, and on Cancer Schmanza, uh Facebook Live page. And right. if it's, you know, like not the best time for you when it actually drops, which is uh, 6 p.m. Pacific time here in the United States, then uh, it is going to play into the middle of July. So you'll have plenty of opportunities to watch, enjoy, and donate. And I'm in it too. And we also have uh, Anne Hampton Calloway and her sister Liz, who are our mascots, and they are going to sing in a humorous way, the nanny theme song. I was going to ask, are you singing? Nice. Are you going to sing Fran? <laughs> Can you sing the nanny theme song on the day? Like, is that going to happen? No, I think that having Anne do it is probably far <laughs> than having me do it. Although there might be something out there in the ether, if you look it up, where you may see me doing it. Oh. But I don't make a habit of it. <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about how uh, Cancer Schmancer uh, even started? Because I know that uh, the title comes from your book. I don't know if the book came before you kind of founded this charity. You know, which one really came first and how did the charity, I guess, all come together? Well, I am a cancer survivor and this Monday, uh, June 21st, will be my uh, 21 years of wellness. Fantastic. So uh, back in 2000, I was diagnosed with uterine cancer, but it took me two years and eight doctors to get a proper diagnosis. I got up, I got in the stirrups more times than Django. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I really was very frustrated with the medical community that they didn't give me a very simple in-office endometrial biopsy because they just discounted that as an option because they thought I was too young and too thin and outside of the uh, norm of who gets it, even though one in four women are young and thin. So 
25% seemed significant enough to take the freaking test, but nobody offered me that and I didn't know to ask for it. And so I went on four different HRTs, such as hormone replacement therapies. The last one exacerbated my symptoms and it was really uh, like taking poison with the particular kind of cancer that I had. And so that was when the last doctor finally did the endometrial biopsy. And of course that showed that I did have, she picked up on cancer cells. So that was the beginning of this um, journey that I'm on that really changed my life exponentially. Uh, and I remember when I was still kind of recovering but starting to feel better, I said at lunch one day, I, I wanna write a book about this so what happened to me doesn't happen to other people. And so the book was actually very cathartic and I had to write four drafts of it longhand uh, before I really kind of found my funny bone in what is basically a not terribly funny subject, but I needed to sound like myself for my audience. And there's so much in it. Uh, there's humor in it, there's pathos in it. Um, there's, you know, I mean, I lost my dog through my recovery and there, it, it just is a full journey of me, uh, my relationship with my boyfriend at the time, who was my caregiver, um, my parents coming to help me and me finding myself as an individual, as a person from the beginning all the way to the end when I really feel like I use the experience to kind of grow into who I am as a woman and as a person that has the ability to ask for help and uh, be vulnerable and uh, even, you know, ask to be carried sometimes because it was a big deal to do. And my usual MO is I can handle it, I'm okay. But I had already been in therapy and I knew that this was an opportunity for me to really connect and ask for help, which I was not comfortable doing normally. And so all of that is explored and discussed in the book, which did become a New York Times bestseller. And then, you know, when you're a celebrity and you have a best-selling book, you go on book tours, you go to speaking engagements. And the more I spoke on the subject, the more I realized, first of all, that I was not unique, that what happens to me happens to many people by means of misdiagnosis and mistreatment. And for many, though fortunately not me, late stage cancer diagnosis as a consequence. And uh, then the more I spoke publicly, the more I began to create a vision in my head of the direction that we need to go and how we need to think about our health and how we can change our lifestyle to directly impact uh, our wellness. So um, the book morphed into uh, the movement, the Cancer Schmancer movement, the nonprofit that I founded. And so the book was not the end, but just the beginning of what's now become a life mission. And the whole thing, though I'm not glad I had cancer and I don't wish it on anyone, has proved to be a very um, deeply purposeful experience that has, you know, uh, resonated for me on a level that I had never really experienced 
prior to this. And so even all the work that I do as an actress really is to keep me relevant so I can keep speaking to the press and the public on the platforms that are most important to me. And being at the top of the list, of course, is Cancer Schmanza. Which after all these years still, you know, to be able to have that message and be able to, you know, tell your experiences, share that. And then as you are obviously now doing raising money, obviously, you know, fantastic to be able to, to, to do that and promote that cause. And I mean, looking at the lineup for Fran Jam this week, we we're talking a little bit off air, Fran, about some of the, the people you got there. I mean, proud Australian Tina Arena as, as one of the people involved there, Jackson Brown, you got Huberstank, Cindy Lauper, David Foster, Catherine McFarland. Fee, Foster, you've got some big names lined up for this. I mean, do you just sort of sit there and go, okay, I want this person, I want this person, and because you're Fran Drescher, they're going to say yes no matter what? I mean, is it that simple for you, or do you kind of have to, is there a bit of work involved there? Well, look, I mean, first of all, I'm, I am as a celebrity six degrees of separation from almost everybody, <laughs> so that's one thing. But it is not as easy to get people when you want them to come to you and perform, you know, in a forum. But um, when it's virtual, it is much easier. And still, you know, they, I think the cause has to mean something to them. And, you know, we have a testimonial from Cynthia Nixon from Sex and the City. And she shared with us about her mom um, being, a, you know, having had cancer and, uh, you know, so the organization and the work that I do really tirelessly resonated with her. And so it was her great pleasure to record something that uh, was extremely honest and uh, and vulnerable and, and lovely. And, uh, and for that, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative. A lot of celebrities ask each other for favors. Um, I had had, I had hit Cynthia up years earlier. I didn't really think of her for this year until she reached out to me to do something for a uh, gay political group and, uh, you know, wanted a testimonial from me. And I was happy to do it because I always go to the mat for any group that's marginalized. And I'm particularly very upfront, loud and proud about the gay community, the LGBTQ plus community. So uh, I was happy to do it. And then I thought, hmm, maybe I can turn this one around. And so I said to her, would it be possible? And no is certainly an okay answer if you would just do a quick self tape about, you know, cancer schmanza that we could play at our fundraiser. And she said it would be my great pleasure. So, you know, that's kind of you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. A lot of celebrities have things that they're passionate about. It may not be the same passion as yours, but, you know, we all try and help and support each other. And it's nice when you are a celebrity and you do have some kind of a global reach that you leverage it for the greater good. It's so funny. I heard Ben kind of chuckle, you know, when you said the degrees of separation, because when we were off air, we were sort of talking about, you know, you're within two or three degrees of almost every James Bond actor. 
who's ever played James <laughs> Bond. And one of the movies we covered a couple months ago, Beautician the Beast, we covered that because, you know, uh, our Bond podcast, Timothy Dalton in it, which I think one of the most surprising things about that movie is that you got Timothy Dalton to do it. I mean, was that sort of one of your first experiences of, you know, I'm just going to reach out, I'm going to call in a favor, we can get Bond to do, you know, Beautician of the Beast. It's not hard for Timothy Dalton to do comedy. Um, well, I'll tell you how that one came about. And I was over the moon that uh, he was interested in doing it. Um, but uh, that was a Paramount Studios picture. And at the time, Sherry Lansing was the president of, of Paramount. And Sherry and, uh, and Timothy had a history together. They had a very special relationship. And she thought of him and wow. reached out to him. And that's how he got him. But wow. I thought he was fantastic. And uh, I really enjoyed working with him. And the funny thing is, even, you know, on The Nanny, we always refer to Mr. Sheffield as, you know, you look like Pierce Brosnan, you're more, you know, <laughs> or uh, 007 or James Bond. You know, it's always those connections Fran makes because um, my character is so plugged into pop culture that, uh, you know, she uh, connects Mr. Sheffield with those great leading men and it's, characters. It's, it's unique you say that because I first of all think that we're obviously cross-platforming this in two of our shows and we're probably the first ever James Bond podcast to ever interview Fran Drescher for, for reasons being. But not only did we cover <laughs> Beautician and the Beast, we, many years ago when we were doing a Pierce Brosnan film The World Is Not Enough, we're talking about 90s actors that could have been Bond girls and your name came up. I think we spent half the episode talking about could Fran Drescher have been a Bond girl. So technically you kind of were a Bond girl if Mr. Schiff was Bond, so we could maybe tick that off. You know, the only thing that probably would have prevented me from being a Bond girl at back in the day is my voice. <laughs> well, we think it would have worked uh, fantastically. A, a comedy or something. <laughs> and my ex-husband um, drives an Aston Martin. Oh, right. Well, see, here we go, Colin. We technically do have a Bond girl. There you go. <laughs> Fran Drescher, we technically have confirmed today, is pretty much a Bond We've girl. I feel so vindicated now, years later. <laughs> it's it's interesting with Beautician yeah, and the well, Beast. It would be funny to do a funny, uh, you know, like a comedy version of Bond, of James Bond, that has uh, one of the older, you know, uh, Bond actors, maybe like Timothy, and <laughs> then I could be an older Bond girl. <laughs> mm -hmm. We'd and watch he it. wanted to get back into the business, and uh, <laughs> I decided uh, to help him. <laughs> what well, one of the the scenes we particularly loved in Beautician the Beast is uh, the the massage scene when you, when you are massaging uh, Timothy's character, of course, and he basically doesn't realize it's you, and he's going on this sort of rant about your character, and he does the impression of your voice. Fran, which of course we know many people have done over the years. Was that something in the script? Did Timothy just get a little bit involved in that and think, oh, I'm going to have a bit of fun with this? And you're obviously on the set there. I mean, what was your take on Timothy Dalton's impression of the famous Fran Drescher voice? Uh, you know, I, I'm always enchanted by it, quite honestly. I mean, as long as people um, 
are drawn into it rather than repelled by it, the spell <laughs> is not broken. <laughs> and you also were a producer on that movie too. And I know that you, I believe you're a producer on The Nanny as well. Uh, and we talked to Ken Quapis, your director, uh, a couple of months ago uh, about the movie. And he was just you know, going on about how involved you were in the production. How did you find getting into producing the movie and just sort of being behind the scenes of it as well as behind the uh, in front of the camera? Well, The Nanny was, you know, at its kind of peak of success. And so we thought that uh, we we um, have a very good friend, Todd Graff, who wrote the uh, screenplay uh, for us. And Peter and I, who co-created The Nanny, uh, went to him with an idea of uh, doing the beautician and the beast instead of beauty and the beast and kind of doing a film version that resembled the nanny, but was a, a family film. And uh, we pitched it to uh, Paramount and uh, they uh, bought it. So, um, and I thought of the title and, uh, and then Todd Graff started writing the screenplay and we helped give him notes and things like that. and direction um and he's very talented so uh it was uh as most feature films are a collaborative art form and uh sherry lansing had said you know this the show the movie has such a strong life subsequent to when it was in the theaters um she wishes every movie had the kind of endurance that that did even though it wasn't a blockbuster at the time and and i kind of blame that on the fact that they opened it the same weekend as the first time that star wars was re-released and that created uh you know just a unbelievably unexpected response from its fan base and who are now older and bringing their kids. And, you know, we kind of got uh, lost in the shuffle. So sadly, it didn't really make the impact that we had hoped it would when it was in the theaters. It was only in for maybe, I don't know, maybe a month or so. And, uh, and then after that, it really found its audience in cable and, uh, and DVD rentals. Well, well, Colin, as he just mentioned, we spoke with Ken Quapis uh, a couple of months back, and he mentioned that the fact that he's one of his most proudest uh, films that he's been on called it kind of like a comfort movie. It's something you can just put on and feel good about yourself, essentially. And when Colin and I covered it, because basically our project came from we were choosing films from each of the Bond actors, and straight away, as soon as we got to Timothy Dalton, I said to Colin, we're doing Beautician and the Beast, because I remember that kid uh, movie as a kid, loved it. Colin had never seen it, was sceptical. He's not a big Dalton fan as Bond, but then loved the movie. And this is now the third episode we've done on Beautician and the Beast, so clearly we love it. So over Aww. 20 years later, Fran, uh, we are advocates for Beautician and the Beast as being a great, enjoyable film. Oh, I'm, I'm delighted to hear that. I really am because, you know, it was an amazing uh, experience. We shot a good part of it in uh, the Czech Republic. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just so worthwhile when you make a movie uh, abroad because you, if you're spending a month anywhere, 
you're going to really get a the, the lay of the land, a sense of the people, and uh, and so that becomes you know an added bonus to what already is a remarkable experience that you know you're making your own movie, you're starring in it uh, with a major studio that you conceptualized, uh, you know, and, and, and it went all the way to being made and being shown. There's one other movie you did, a very small movie that we covered a few years ago that I want to ask you really quickly about. Um, I, I would love to know how it was pitched to you to do Santa's sleigh, where <laughs> did they say, you know what, we want the nanny to be attacked by an evil demonic Santa Claus played by Bill Goldberg. How do you get involved in a movie? We covered it and already have plans to cover it again this year. We loved it that much. Brilliant. <laughs> I did that as a favor to the executive producer who's a big movie director unto himself. And I, I can't remember what his name was. And I'm sure James Kahn was the yeah. same. Uh, because, you know, I, I can't believe I'm going blank on what his name was. He's very successful. Brett Ratner? But, yes. Mm. Yes, Brett Ratner, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, he asked me if I would do him the favor. And I think it was one day's work. So uh, it wasn't a big deal. And I did it. And I did it. Yeah. I'm not really, I don't like scary movies. And so I, I refrain from ever seeing them. Um, it's worth but, it. It's worth watching it if you can ever put yourself through it. Because I mean, we didn't funny, know what scary. we didn't know what to expect. And again, similar to Beautician and the Beast, here we are, all these years later, still talking about it, Fran. And it wow. had an impact on us. So wow! But I wouldn't be scared, like scared. No, that, no. no. I mean, I think don't there are some kids who kind of get their heads blown up at some point, and Goldberg <laughs> is just there's yeah. There's it's, some it's, violent scenes, but it's humor, you know? It's humor. Yeah. You never confuse it for, like, real life. No. No, definitely no. not. <laughs> no. Timothy Dalton, a bit scarier and beautician in the beast, I think, when <laughs> yeah. he's giving his dictatorship speech, okay, probably. So maybe, uh, maybe I will check it out one time. If, does <laughs> yes. it play on, on uh, the streaming channels, do you think? It's got to be on one of them, surely. And if not, it I should be. So. We'll, we'll we'll pull some strings. I mean, you know, as celebrities ourselves, <laughs> clearly we're all in the same circle, okay. so we'll we'll I be really able to uh, that. definitely we'll we'll hook something up. Uh, of course, Fran Jam is happening this Sunday, uh, six p.m. Pacific time, nine p.m. Eastern time. If you're in Australia, we'll mention that that is eleven a.m. on Monday morning. But of course, as Fran said, it's going to be available online for a little bit there as well. And just before we let you go, Fran, plug your social media. People out there, I'm sure they already follow. You. Of course, they already follow you but if they want to stay up well, to date with on, what you're up to uh, IG on Instagram it's official Fran Drescher and then on Twitter and Facebook it's at Fran Drescher and please please sign up at cancerschmanza.org and follow us um, at cancerschmanza as well on IG because that helps the organization and also, uh, you'll learn so much and it'll be so helpful. And you know what else, fellas? I just forgot to mention uh, one other thing. I've been to the property in Jamaica where James Bond was written. Oh. Golden Eye Ranch. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And now it's been kind of converted into a very uh, 
like in a rustic, elegant hotel with bungalows and the main house. And uh, I have a lot of friends that have stayed there, and uh, and I and I've been there as well. Well, wow. I'm telling you, but bugger being a Bond girl, you can be James Bond. We're in 2021 <laughs> yeah. now. They're talking about, you know, changing it up a little bit. So, But before we let you go, can you give us a, the names Bond, James Bond, just as an audition today? Oh, can I, would I, do, can I say that? Oh, okay. Like as if it's me? Yeah. Mm. Bond. James Bond. Boom. There, there we you go. go. Perfect. That's already better than oh. Daniel Craig, right? Exactly. <laughs> Your next James Bond. Ladies and gentlemen, Fran Drescher, thank you so much for joining us. It's been a massive pleasure to thank chat you. to you today. Thank you. Be well, gentlemen. Nice to see you. Fantastic chat there, Colin. And uh, wow. Ladies and gentlemen, your next James Bond. We thought it was Noah, but yes. it's actually Fran Drescher. So, yeah. You know, we, we did have one listener question who asked if we could get her to do the nanny theme song, which uh, sadly we did not. But I'm going to say right now, other things that if you had told me a year ago, we would have gotten Fran Drescher to give a Bond James Bond. I would have said you're nuts to actually say we got Fran Drescher to do it. And it was pretty darn convincing. That's even better. With the wink at the camera at the end, too. We will say for our uh, Absolutely. Double Oz 007 uh, listeners um, right now, you can watch the, the video of it on our YouTube channel. So, uh, yeah, by all means, check it out. So, But in all seriousness, big thanks to uh, the people at the Cancer Smash Foundation as well as to uh, Fran's publicist for hooking that up. It was an obviously a, a big honour and a pleasure to be able to, to chat with her and uh, whether you are listening to us on the Oz Network or 007, uh, obviously we hope you enjoyed that as well. This is the awkward part now of the episode, Colin, where we've got to kind of uh, plug things that are happening on both shows. Um, so uh, the Oz Network, what have we got? 24 and stuff that you're doing. <laughs> 24 and good horror sequel month will be finishing up. Uh, we've got The Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, uh, which is a very interesting movie, if you know the history behind that, and then Doctor Sleep, and then Double uh, Oz 7. We, we've got lots of exciting stuff. I've read a commentary coming up for Moonraker, well, our another next, interview. Well, our next interview, we'll, we'll tease that in just a second. I, I'll say that on the Oz Network too, um, I'll be making my return possibly soon, uh, obviously you say, but Ben, you're on the 24 episodes. Yes, the <laughs> magic of scheduling. Uh, I, I'm really hoping we do get a chance to sit down and do Space Jam because obviously Space Jam 2 is coming out very soon, uh, which I'd like to be a part of. And uh, yeah, the Mighty Ducks as well is still something that potentially we will still be looking at doing. Obviously, we promised that a while ago, but uh, we, we, we're yet to do it, but we, we will get there eventually. 007. Our next episode, two interviews in a row. And if you're an Oz Network fan, you'll want to listen to this too because you like movies, you like James Bond. VJ Amitraj, who of course was in Octopussy, he is our next guest on the show. Now, now, Colin, tell us a little bit about this interview because, again, we did this several months ago. Uh, but, yeah. I mean, this is, this is a fun interview and particularly if you're a Roger Moore fan... Uh, you heard some Timothy Dalton stories today. You're going to hear some Roger Moore stories, which I don't know if uh, I could have ever imagined would have been as amazing as VJ tells them. Yeah, you know, we, we've done a couple of interviews uh, with 
actors who have worked with the Bond actors. I, I don't think anybody has had stories like VJ had. I, we both finished that interview and said, that's one of the best interviews we've had. Like he's fantastic to talk to, great storyteller, really amusing guy and world renowned tennis player too. You know, we even get a little bit of uh, sports uh, information from VJ. So that, that's whether you're a listener of 007 or not, uh, listen to the VJ interview. It's one of the better ones we've done. And we're actually really happy on 007 that we've been able to bring a lot more frequent episodes. We've kind of always gone on that mantra that will bring you an episode a month recently we've almost been bringing you an episode a week which is very fun we're, we're sort of doing it we've got a very big 100th episode we've got a very big name guest which we've already interviewed we've teased a few times and uh he'll be on that show too so watch out for some more frequent 007 episodes obviously after the vj interview we'll go straight into another commentary and colin and i will be going straight into our next bond actor recap november man so perhaps expect another five episodes of that when we speak to the director and the actors and all those sort of people as well clearly because <laughs> that's what we're doing but uh sort of a a bit of a alternating thing between commentaries recaps and also some rankings ones too we've got noah available for once so uh when we get noah available we try and bank as many as we can so if you're a 007 listener obviously we uh uh, glad to bring you these episodes we have a lot of fun doing them and uh we've got plenty of episodes to come until that big name interview on our 100th episode so uh stay tuned for that and of course also no time to die so uh ramping up the coverage that's never coming <laughs> we know it our pierce brosnan interview will come before uh, no time to die ever <laughs> comes out there but uh as always a big thank you to fran again an absolute pleasure to chat to her today uh if you're listening to us on 007 follow us on facebook twitter um patreon uh i don't know what i get to threaten Let, let's just play this right now which if you're on the oz network you don't know what i did but if you're on <laughs> 007 i just had to get it over and done with um and if you're on the oz network i don't need to tell you what to do because you're about to hear all that right now at the end but uh i'll close off by saying my name is ben and i can't believe i didn't do my friend dresser impersonation to her damn it and my name is Hilding Schmilding. James Bond.